0: Ladies and gentlemen, you have stumbled on another week of Officially Speaking, hosted by Luke Bryan Tour. I am Luke Hamilton, and this is
1: Brian Herzog.
0: Really exciting stuff we're going to get into today. We have the esteemed 20-year veteran of La Liga. It's the Venezuelan League for all you out there. Would you American like me to say it? There. And Brian has a better non-American way to say it.
1: Go for it, Brian. Liga de Venezuela Baseball Profesional.
0: At Jairo Martinez, we, we call him chief in the respect that he is. Do 16 years
1: crew chief down there in Venezuela. We also have umpire school that just wrapped up right now. I have one umpire, Tyler, over at the uh, minor league umpire course. And then I have uh, a one friend, another friend, Seth, over at the Harry's umpire course. I've known Seth since I met him with Chris Siegel in the South Atlantic League. And I've known Tyler for a few years now coincidentally, at the advanced course. They both made it in from separate schools, and they are partners for the the entirety of the advanced course. And that's pretty awesome. That's, that's kind of a cool setup. Yeah. Before
0: we get going with all this madness, Brian, you, uh, how's that polar vortex treating you?
1: Yeah, well, it was great last week when we talked, uh, when we were with John White, but uh, we got dumped on a couple days ago, and we're getting dumped on right now. We got a lot of snow. That was kind of a downer because that that canceled my my uh, my camp this weekend. I had a camp with NBUA, Northwest Baseball Umpires Association here, and uh, well, kind of a crappy week all around, I guess, because I'm also disappointed I had to I had to email back and decline Fingston Ball. We just got our, our invites to attend our third year of Fingston Ball together.
0: Yeah, that is a bummer. Yeah. You will be tremendously missed so, in the Austrian community. I do hope we get to go back there again in the years to come. So, Oh, most definitely. We've been two and three times in that's a, that someplace we'll frequent, I'm sure, in the many years over and over. So Luke, how have you been this week? Well, myself, am trying to decide uh, a stronger SPF to be using
1: when I'm working baseball games because uh, they think I'm a farmer. Most of the country cannot wear short sleeves on the baseball field right now. So. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't know why I even got an umpire jacket. I never use that stupid thing. Uh, just be happy about that, that you have to put on sunscreen. I'm the world's most hated person now. Much less okay umpire. Great. No, I'm, I'm excited to have Jairo on this week. He is uh, just a dear man, and, and you'll get the sense of that as we, we talk to him this week. Today, we have Jairo Martinez. He has a uh, very colorful resume, and you guys get to hear him in person. Jairo, are you with us? Yes, sir. I'm here. So Jairo uh, is someone who we got to know, as we said, in Venezuela. And he was not either one of our crew chiefs, Brian or I. So he actually was Travis Carlson's crew chief while down there. But we had the experience of everybody having a day off, all four of us, gringos and Bonnie. Mm-hmm. And we got to go to the top of the mountain thanks to Hyro being our tour guide. So, Hyro, you've had the opportunity to be crew chief for a lot of American guys that are no longer in the game and, and quite a few major league umpires. Is any season. Stand out more than another, as far as uh, your experience with having having those gringos on your crew or situations that you remember.
2: Well, yes, uh, I remember I had a situation with uh, one guy, like Chris Ward. Remember Chris Ward? Chris Ward. Yeah. War. Yes, he had yeah. a problem with the diabetes. He he forget his insulin in the in one of the airport during the fly, and we arrived to the next city. He don't have any insulin to, to use it. That day was horrible because oh, no. he's he almost died, bro. He really scared me. He uh, was really bad. He was really bad. But uh, finally, fortunately, we found uh, some insulin with one of the players, and he used it. And after that, was great.
0: Oh, well, I'm glad you uh got to play doctor and save everybody's life that day both on and off the field shoot (laughs) i obviously the theme for this week is everybody around the country is i guess some are closer than others here in florida we're already working baseball games and getting into the getting onto the field there's not a whole lot of uh downtime as far as baseball season goes in this part of the country but for most people they're waiting for the snow to melt and trying to thaw out from last week's deep freeze and um so there's, it's kind of a buzz in the air. Teams are getting ready to send their teams down to Florida and Arizona for spring training. And it, it is an exciting time. I mean, I've grown up with that. And however, Jairo, you know, you grew up in Venezuela. You've umpired how many years in the Venezuelan league? Uh 20
2: years in pro baseball.
0: 20 years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And how, and 16. how many years of that were you crew chief? 16. Okay. Yeah. So that's, for those of you who don't know, their season starts in October yes. and goes through the end of January, and then at this time of year, you would be going to the Caribbean World Series and be hosted in Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic or Mexico. Venezuela or and Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, and so you're winding down your season. Mm-hmm. And what? Uh, how many years did you go to the Caribbean World Series?
2: Four in Venezuela. And uh, two Mexico, one Dominican Republic, and one Puerto Rico. This is like a A-Caribbean World Series during my 20 years.
0: Did you have much downtime after the Caribbean World Series? I mean, I, I've never gotten to experience that. I've seen a few games on on ESPN. And I mean, for my limited baseball experience. <laughs> not say that, bro. Well, I'm just saying, I'm not... Compared to, you know, these guys that are big league careers or, you know, for you guys that have been in Venezuela year in and year out, Mm -hmm. that's about as high and intense of a level of concentration. I mean, those games for nine innings can go three and a half, four hours easy, and everybody's riding on every pitch, and it's just amplified, I can imagine, at the Caribbean World Series. I mean, like, while the rest of us are are gearing up for baseball, you're like, at the height of your powers – and then I'm sure here in about a week when the, when the series is over, it's just kind of like, whew, all right, finally, I can relax for a little bit.
2: <laughs> and finally breathe. It's no different when, uh, when, uh, when you are in a, in a minor league, you have to, you have to wake up, go to the gym, take your breakfast, take your food, take, your. uh, uh after that, just relax, take your lunch, come to the, to the field. Try to talk about every situation in the field. And uh, if some difficult situation happened the night before, try to keep your mind on the game. It is not easy because you have to take care about your family. You have to take care about your own business. And, you know, it's not easy. But uh, when you have a long time doing that, it's like a, it's only one more day. <laughs> now after the Caribbean World Series you would did you work in the
0: the Venezuelan Summer League as well or help evaluate with that or what what did you do with your summer after the well, season
2: Well after the Caribbean World Series we had the Venezuelan umpire camp mm-hmm.
0: uh,
2: Seven year working with young guys with uh working with some guys who want to be a professional umpire and you kid you program and uh, meanwhile, meanwhile you are doing you judo too. You have to go to some international tournaments in, in different countries. Okay, I had uh, some experience in Taiwan, Europe, um, uh, Latin America uh, games, and you know this is all. Baseball during all year, bro.
0: Yes. Well, I I mean, even now, the Florida life fits you perfectly because (laughs) it's baseball all
2: year round around here as well. Yeah, yeah, because you have a travel game, high school game, college game, uh, you know, senior games. One of the things, uh, and
0: Hirai, I've talked about this, I've told him, but. Hiro might be, no offense to Brian, one of the best, if not the best umpire I've ever worked with. And I, I say that simply because he works so many levels of baseball that it's very easy for somebody who works as much as he does throughout the year, but not not only that, but throughout his life to say, to get up for every game, to concentrate and focus for every game. It's amazing to me. Um, we We got to work a game last year together that was just kind of Assigned to us, and it was through the college group, but I guess it was a couple of Jersey high school teams that come that, that came down, and this guy put on a clinic behind the plate for a, just a practice game for you know a game that didn't mean anything. Just the machine that this guy is, and how he can be so focused <laughs> and so in tune, and call such an amazing game. Like he doesn't take plays off. You know, he's always hustles. Like his mechanics, his timing, his everything. Like body language you thought he was working, in my opinion, the Caribbean world series. Same time I watched him work in Venezuela. Like this guy is, is that good. And I, I people don't realize unless they work a bunch of levels of baseball, it, it's tough to do and adjust and, and call the game accordingly. And people, what amazes me is that, you know, we were joking in that game, how man, we've come a long way here. Here we were working in front of 25,000 and, in Caracas and uh, <laughs> and Caribbean World Series for him and everything else and year after year and now we're working some practice high school game and boy we were just joking man we've really made it yeah,
2: yeah. But, but you know when you know you had to you had to keep in your mind it's no it's no don't worry about what level you are working try to keep your intensity and that's it because sometimes I hear some young guys and some all umpire. Talking about is uh, okay. I had a board game. I had a you know easy game. Any game is easy. Any game is boring. It's, it's, it's only how you work. Sometimes you have only three guys in the stand, but sometimes you have to go with as a international championship with uh, fifty-five thousand people in the stand. Because mm-hmm. in Venezuela you have twenty-five thousand, but I was in uh, Taiwan when a. Uh, I was playing Taiwan versus uh, Japan, bro. 55,000 people yelling all time during all game. You have to keep your focus, but it's the same when you have only three fans in the stand yelling at you because you can hear everything. You know what I mean, right?
0: Yeah, no, I, I understand. I think the point you're trying to make is that Taiwan game is a good warm up for our high mm-hmm. school practice game. <laughs> Isn't that the, that was the message you're trying to get across? Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct, man. You have to, <laughs> you have to, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. You have to keep you focus on the game. You have to because every game is a practice for you. Every day yeah. is a practice for you. You are practicing to be a better umpire. I'm still practicing every day. I'm still practicing. I'm, I made my mistake, like like everybody. You can see the the major league guy making a mistake, but just let it go and keep going.
0: You're right. I'm telling you, when nobody's there and nobody's watching or you're working some junk game that you think nobody cares about, somebody sees that and says something. But you're right, you have to keep that in perspective. Like, hey, you can't take a a day off, uh, a play off or a pitch off because you never know what's what's happening or who's watching. It speaks to your character that you are able to do that and do that repeatedly. One other uh, amazing story that I have is Hiro, I didn't get to see him until January of 2012 until the fall of, it's 2019, it was the fall of 2017. We were at that camp. I got to see you there and then found out you were my first game on the schedule the following first day in March, I want to say, in 2018, last, mm-hmm. uh, last year. This was right after Brian uh, and I drove down. And he, he flew from Seattle and landed in Baltimore and I picked him up there. And then we drove a couple of days down here to Florida and I get down here and I realize I've got a game the next day and I've got no play pants, no base pants. I reach out to Hyro and I'm like, I've got nothing, bro. What size do you wear? He says it happened to be the same size that I wear miraculously. They, they were a little high water-ish, but that's, that's okay. No problem there. They, nothing wrong with the little saggy britches behind the plate. And, um, yeah, he bailed <laughs> me out big, big time that day. I tell you, that, what a guy. But it, it speaks to Hyro's heart. Like, he'll do anything for anybody, but especially for for people that he cares about. And that's something I've always appreciated. And, it, again, like not just your attitude going into the, every, each and every game, but just what you do for us off the field as well. That was a very special day in Venezuela. We talked about it earlier where you took us up the mountain and we got to go see Caracas from above the clouds. Essentially, it was a really cool day and hopefully
1: get to see you again this season on the field as well. Um, I look forward to that. Something that I think that a lot of the Venezuelan guys you see, uh, you know, when they, when they try and get into the minor leagues and and take that route, if that's the route they're going to take, they move up very quickly. That's got to come back to, you know, the environment that you guys learn to umpire in from the beginning because that's huge for that's a huge takeaway for the American guys that come down and work there and then you go back all of a sudden nothing you do back in the states is is very hard you know like it's it's just once you've umpired at a level higher I'm sure a few times you've you've maybe feared for your life you know I saw a video the other day and I know that Travis had to go through this of uh you know all the cops in Caracas and mm-hmm. they had their sh- over and they had the dome over the umpires as they had to leave the field. So, specifically, Jairo and the Venezuelan guys, when they learn to umpire in that environment, and then you come, I don't think the, the focus and the, the discipline and all that stuff, that's just kind of bred into Jairo at this point.
2: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, you you know, don't, I, I told you the, uh, before no matter what, what level you are working, you have to give your intensity because this is the difference this is a uh, different when you when you work in uh, latin america countries like venezuela dominican republic mexico you have a a lot of intense fans the intensity in the stand is very high and in every game in every game right here you sometimes you can see come on blue and that's it right there <laughs> no you 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 remember this is why you have to keep you you the again, your intensity, you have to keep your mind again. It's it's difficult because you have some problem in your real life. You had a you have to taking care about your family, you have to take care of your own business and you have to focus on your game. You you will be there for three, four hours and you have to keep your mind in that point, you know. I know a lot of guys who's working in majorly now, who working Venezuela, Dominican Republic, uh, Puerto Rico, Mexico. The, that experience was really, really, really good for his career. Yeah. And uh, this is one of the biggest experiences in, in the career. You, know? you, co- you can talk about it because you live there.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we just got a slice of what you went through 20 years of, of working and 16 years of being a crew chief people even who have worked professional baseball and there's guys who work professional baseball that are in the big leagues and never worked overseas never got the privilege to work in Venezuela or Dominican Republic and it uh it's a bummer cuz that's something I'll always cherish and you're right the lessons learned from there be with me forever it really did <laughs> not just change my umpiring career but and how I put things in perspective but uh it it did change my life as well and and not just because wow, it's, life's different down there or whatever I mean that, that you guys and your attitudes and how you work with different umpires and different crews from from every year to year, and it's pretty special
2: and one of the biggest uh success I have and one of the biggest emotions I have is uh, when uh, one of the American guys called me chief, like you. Like, look, <laughs> it's very, you know, I have a couple of guys in Mayoli. when they saw me, they told me, chief, they don't tell me, hydro, But uh, that's, that's for me, it's good. It really made me feel good. One of the, the things I try to tell everybody is you need to know what you are doing. You need to know how you are handling your life. You need to know how, you, how are you handle your career. If you have a mistake in the field. You need to know, because sometimes you, you think, okay, it was perfect tonight. And uh, this is why one of the, I talked with uh, Carlos Torres, one of the Benio League guys, I talked with him. And then sometime during the season, he called me and said, Chief, you watch you watch my game? He said, "Yes, yeah, I seen you missed a couple pitches. And then he told me exactly what pitch I think he missed. And this is, this is a, This is the way you can improve. And this is this is really this is really good for your career. All right, hi, So A question
0: <laughs> we're going to be asking everybody is: Who is your dream four-man crew? Who's three other people that you would uh, love to work a baseball game with?
2: Have to be a major league guys.
0: They could be anybody.
2: Well, definitely, my grandfather is number one. My fa- my grandfather had to to number one and my father, number two. And uh, he, one of my friends, my best friend, had to be there. He's a the guy who is, uh he's no umpire, but uh, he was uh, inside the baseball. He was with me in the university and he covered my back every time. Definitely my friend, my grandfather, I'm, uh, my father. Was your grandfather or your father, did they umpire as well? <laughs> no. They don't don't have idea how the baseball
0: is. So you're an original Martinez umpire. Yes. Yes. Wonderful.
2: Yes. Nobody (laughs) nobody in my family. What got you into umpiring to begin with? I started to umpire in uh, uh, 1986. 1900s? When I had only 13 years old. I have a, I have an injury in my knee when I was 12 years old. And uh, after that, I said, I'm not going to play anymore. But one day I was in the field and I was in the stadium and somebody need an umpire for a six years old game. I said, I'm just me. Definitely it's me. After that day until today, I was in the field like, you know, like coach, ground crew, scorekeeper. You know, everything. During, during my first 10 years in baseball, I was uh, doing everything. In fact, I was a head coach for the Venezuelan team in the International Championship. Wow. Two times, yes. <laughs> That's this pretty is amazing. Why, you know, I, I, my career, my career doing, uh, inside the baseball is not only like umpire. I was a coach for uh, in high level too. I, I had a, a national championship.
0: Uh, speaking as an original umpire myself, nobody in my family, friends, I didn't, I mean, just kind of was one of those things I fell into a summer job of umpiring. It, it's funny to me when you have stories like you, like, where it's not like your dad umpired or your uncle or something that got you into it. It's just like, well, can't play anymore. Nothing else to do with my life. I guess I'll umpire. Now that's pretty extreme for a thirteen-year-old kid. You don't think that way, but <laughs> yeah, non- nonetheless, nonetheless, an injury forced you into umpire, and you're like, "Yeah, I like this. This is a pretty good gig. I think I'll do this for the next forever years of my life."
2: <laughs> In fact, uh, I, I, because I, I was coaching, and uh, you know the young kids said, uh, "Coach, why you don't play? If you are just, you're still doing uh, a young guy," say, "Well, I play one more time when I had eighteen. And uh, only to, to have my own fans in the stand, you know, <laughs> twenty kids yelling, joking with me, you know, try all that same. I-,
0: I love it. I love it. Jairo, we're gonna have you on again sometime soon if you'll if you'll do it with us. It sure was a pleasure to uh, talk with you today. Thank you so much for making. No, it's
2: really my pleasure to have invitation, right? I really enjoy conversation about the baseball, about the umpires, and you know it's.
0: Our life. I appreciate your always, your example. I, I'm reminded of every day I step on the field and and uh, try to emulate your good work and uh, your character and your discipline. Um, it's uh, it's an amazing to me the number of lives you've impacted and, and thank you for taking time to impact more lives today.
2: Yeah, anytime, buddy, anytime. I
1: well, would we appreciate you, brother. Hope to have you on again soon.
2: Thanks, brother. Okay, guys. Me. Have a good
1: one. Well, I always have a great time talking with Hybron. A couple things I just can't forget from Venezuela is that every time we had to travel, cause we had, we had four stadiums that we stay, you know, we just commuted for, and we had four other uh, cities that we would have to fly to. I don't think we had one single flight that was not changed somehow, whether it was late, some kind of delay or the gate, the gates always changed there. And we just sit there looking at our crew chief whenever someone would come over the intercom to find out if we had to move gates again. And, uh, I don't know if you remember, Luke, but whenever whenever the the heads of state would come into town, do you remember basically the entire lobby turning into like a TSA (laughs) security level you know, with metal detectors and all that? That was good luck getting my gear bag through that uh, metal detector.
0: Yeah, that's when I just said, screw it. I'm working the bases in.
1: Yeah, I'll take my base bag every day.
0: I'll be the replay official. You got me. You know where to find me.
1: So next week, we'll have uh, Thomas Haywood, who's the OG in... uh, and getting us all to come out to Fingston ball. And he's been the, he's been the consistent guy that's been with us at every single one of these tournaments, Fingston ball, London, Taipei. Hopefully we can get out to Prague with him next uh, year or this year.
0: Yeah. We got some opportunities for uh, Prague. We've got some opportunities for Switzerland and, uh, and Austria next summer. And so hopefully some of these gigs can, can pan out also, man, he's, he's very well connected and such a great enthusiast for baseball umpiring i just sure is refreshing
2: brian tom hayward here um uh, yes i'm up for a if you want to do your podcast um on my time your monday lunchtime i think is the best happy to do that happy to help out i appreciate you can't come to finkston ball things get in the way and what have you and you can't do finkston ball this year shame but Matthew Lee from Singapore is coming back. He is absolutely keen as mustard. Uh, Luke spoke to me about you guys going to the Czech Republic and Prague, uh, Czech Baseball, and the Prague Baseball week with a possibility, if not an extra league, which is their top league. But really looking forward to catching up with you this year. It's always such a good laugh, and I appreciate your wisdom, my brother. We'll talk to you later. Cheers.
0: Well, like every week, there comes our music, Luke. And that's probably the most exciting part of the podcast for those
1: of you who are still listening. Yeah, it is because that, that means our, our outtake is coming up at the end of this.
0: We always appreciate your feedback, your constructive compliments, your praises.
1: <laughs> that's right. And you can leave those constructive compliments wherever you can find us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are at Luke Tour on any of those three platforms. If you'd like to follow official business, we're official dash business on Facebook and officialbusiness.us on Instagram. And as far as this podcast goes, officially speaking, we'd love it if you'd leave us a rating in iTunes or on the podcast platform you listen to us on. And don't forget that if you listen on the Anchor FM app, you can find the profile page of this podcast and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner to call into the show. We look forward to hearing your questions and suggestions, and we're going to start featuring some of those calls on the show in the near future.
0: Yeah. We just want to build it up to uh, be something that you guys would enjoy and provide some insight and some laughs and, and so on. You get the gist. It's it's fun for us. We uh, look forward to having so many more people on the show. Don't forget to to leave comments and requests for things you'd like to hear about people you'd like to have on and, it would be tremendous to us
1: to get your feedback in, in any capacity and never too serious here's our outtake from last week
0: <laughs> we're just telling yeah, random stories it's... and leaving them hanging <laughs> it's just like it's I like office material. It's... <laughs> none of this can be used <laughs> the things that i'm like okay that's definitely going to be in the podcast and that's great whatever doesn't make it why yeah. does why is he keeping that in there what they are like is he thinking I said the words delete that, and it's in there. What the? (laughs) (laughs)